Your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. Psalms 119.105 With so many things in and of this world influencing our little ones, the truth is needed. That truth is Jesus Christ. Jesus tells us not to stop the children from coming to him. Matthew 19 and 14. In other words, children need the word too. SLM Kids, the lantern goes beyond most Bible lessons designed for kids. We focus on teaching popular Bible stories and much more from the actual Bible. Children learn to navigate the Bible and get the fullness of the stories they know and love. Don't worry, parents. Your beings are very capable of understanding the Bible just like you and I. They do this with the biggest helper there is, the Holy Spirit. So get some more cozy, open your Bibles, and get ready to shine bright with your little and junior beams. Hey there, little beams and junior beams. This is Tiffany with SLM Kids The Lantern, back to continue our story of Elisha, Alicia, and all the great stories along the way. That means we are going to learn what the actual Bible has to say about these characters. So parents, you may want to read ahead to guide your beams learning to what fits your family best. Let's get started by first inviting our biggest helper in. Ready? One, two, three. Holy Spirit, we need your help. Glory. That was excellent, Beams. Now, let's pray. Hello, Holy Spirit. We welcome you in our hearts today, and we welcome your help in the lantern today. In Jesus' name we pray. Thank you. Amen. Great. Now, open your Bibles or those Bible apps to 2 Kings chapter 1, where our story continues. Today, we are learning about the protection of the humble and the fall of the proud. Now, keep in mind, I'm reading from the New Living Translation in LT. Of course, Beams, whatever version of the Bible you have is just fine. Again, this is 2 Kings chapter 1. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. After King Ahab's death, the land of Moab rebelled against Israel. One day, Israel's new king, Ahaziah, fell through the latticework of an upper room at his palace in Samaria and was seriously injured. So he sent messengers to the temple of Beelzebub, the god of Ekron, to ask whether he would recover. But the angel of the Lord told Elijah, who was from Tishbe, go and confront the messengers of the king of Samaria and ask them, is there no God in Israel? Why are you going to Beelzebub, the god of Ekron, to ask whether the king will recover? Now, therefore, this is what the Lord says. You will never leave the bed you are lying on. You will surely die. So Elijah went to deliver the message. When the messengers returned to the king, he asked them, Why have you returned so soon? They replied, A man from came to us and told us to go back to the king and give him this message. This is what the Lord says. Is there no God in Israel? Why are you sending men to Beelzebub, the god of Ekron, to ask whether you are recovered? Therefore, because you have done this, you will never leave the bed 
you were lying on, you will surely die. What sort of man was he? The king demanded. What did he look like? They replied. He was a hairy man, and he wore a leather belt around his waist. Elijah from Tishbe, the king exclaimed. Then he sent an army captain with 50 soldiers to arrest him. They found him sitting on top of a hill. The captain said to him, Man of God, the king has commanded you come down with us. But Elijah replied to the captain, If I am a man of God, let fire come down from heaven and destroy you and your 50 men. Then fire fell from heaven and killed them all. So the king sent another captain with 50 men. The captain said to him, Man of God, the king demands that you come down at once. Elijah replied, If I am a man of God, let fire come down from heaven and destroy you and your 50 men. And again, the fire of God fell from heaven and killed them all. Once more, the king sent a third captain with 50 men. But this time, the captain went up the hill and fell to his knees before Elijah. He pleaded with him, O man of God, please spare my life and the lives of these, your 50 servants. See how the fire from heaven came down and destroyed the first two groups, but now please spare my life. Then the angel of the Lord said to Elijah, go down with him and don't be afraid of him. So Elijah got up and went with him to the king. And Elijah said to the king, this is what the Lord says. Why did you send messengers to Beelzebub, the god of Ekron, to ask whether you would recover? Is there no God in Israel to answer your question? Therefore, because you have done this, you will never leave the bed you are lying on. You will surely die. So Ahaziah died just as the Lord had promised through Elijah. Since Ahaziah did not have a son to succeed him, his brother Joram became the next king. This took place in the second year of the reign of Joram, son of Jehoshaphat, king of Judah. The rest of the events in Ahaziah's reign are covered in the book of the history of the kings of Israel. That was 2 Kings chapter 1 and that is yet another chapter of the Bible you guys have completed. Excellent! You guys are on a roll and you're doing it from the actual Bible. Oh, how wonderful it is. Now, guess what time it is? That's right. It's time to shine bright. That means I'm going to ask some questions and you guys are going to shine bright on those answers. You ready? Great. Let's get started. Now, remember, this episode's title is called The Protection of the Humble and the Fall of the Proud. So we are going to observe some proud moments within the chapter that we just read, okay? Fantastic. Now, you guys know that before we point out someone else's proud moments, we must first look at ourselves. That's right, little beams and junior beams. It's time to peek at our reflections. 
That means to take a good look at you. Now, does anyone remember our focus verse that reminds us of this? Here's a clue. It's in the New Testament. Awesome. (laughs) Way to remember, Beams. Matthew chapter 7, verse 3 through 5 tells us to remove the log out of our own eyes first. Good job, Beams. Okay, Little Beams and Junior Beams. Let's move along, all right? Tell me this. When you hear the word prideful, what are some other words that come into mind? Again, when someone says the word prideful, what do you think they mean? That's outstanding, Beams. Words like know-it-all or selfish, arrogant, bossy, boastful. Those are some pretty good examples of what it means to be prideful. You know, the Oxford Dictionary describes prideful as having an excessively or very high opinion of oneself. That means that the people who operate in the spirit of pride are only focused on themselves and not others. But most importantly, it means they have uplifted themselves and taken God out of the equation. Yep, when we think too highly of ourselves, we give ourselves the credit for our achievements. This leaves God out, removing him as the source of it all. Here's an example. You want a book on the shelf. However, the shelf is too high for you to reach. So you try your hardest to reach the shelf and you cannot. Your big brother walks in and notices you struggling. He offers to get the book down for you. You refuse his help because you can do it all by yourself. Well, did you know that even refusing help can be prideful? Oh, yes, it can be, Little Beams and Junior Beams. Because Genesis 2 and 18 reminds us that it is not good for man to be alone. This does not only pertain or mean marriage. God created us all differently to need each other, right? He created the need for community. So when we refuse help, that we know we need, we are acting in pride. So refusing the help God provided and the example I just gave you via or through your sibling, you know, trying to help you get the book down is indeed removing God because you're removing the help, you're refusing it, right? And this also pertains to when we take credit for our achievements, the things that we have accomplished, right? We remove the source. God has helped us in those accomplishments. God has enabled us to accomplish those things, right? Like winning the race, running faster than others, like um, excelling in school and academics, or um, being really good with putting things together and taking things apart and engineering, right? All those things 
can be prideful moments, right? When we remove God, the source, the help, those are all prideful moments, okay? Well, now that we have the log removed from our own eyes, we can point out the specs in the chapter we just read, okay? Now, there are three major ones that I'm going to point out with your help, of course. However, I encourage you to stay connected, little beams and junior beams, with the Holy Spirit and come up with one of your own, again, with his help. You are not too young for the Holy Spirit to lead you, to guide you, to speak to you, to move through you. Remember, um, our very first, uh, our very first look at uh, Elijah. I reminded you guys that you're not too young to even help your parents out, okay? And for those of you who remember, you know you can go back and read that and read that on your own. And for those who are new, of course, use that concordance uh, or that search bar if you have the app to find verses about being young and how God really looks at you and even tells us grown people that we need to be more like you, okay? So I want you guys to stay connected with the Holy Spirit. Come up with one point on your own. It doesn't always happen right away. Sometimes the Holy Spirit gives you one word and you know, you can focus on that one word, all right? Whatever it is, I encourage you to write it down. Nothing is too silly. You know, sometimes the Holy Spirit will give you silly things and that's great. Write it down, pray on it, thank him for it. Ask him, hey, Holy Spirit, what does this mean for me? What does this mean for my family, okay? All right, I'll move along to our first point. We're gonna point out um, about those specs in the chapter, okay? And this is called watch your step. Yes, watch your step, okay? We're gonna do some Bible investigation, okay? Let's Bible investigate. Find one verse, one verse in the Bible that gives us the consequence for pride. Now remember little beams and junior beams, as I mentioned, you can use a concordance. Those of you who are using a Bible, a paper Bible, your concordance is usually in the back of the Bible and you can do a word search and look for something like pride or any one of those other uh, words that you gave me to describe pride, all right? And search for a verse that gives the consequence of pride. If you're using a Bible app, you can do a word search for those types of words as well and see what you come up with, okay? Or you can even do a word search in the concordance in that Bible app. All right, I'll give you a moment to do that. You ready, set, go. I'm sure you guys are doing good, okay? I want you to please help each other out. God loves community. Parents, feel free to jump in there as well. Help your little beams out. Junior beams, help those little beams. Little beams, you can help those junior beams. Everyone help one another.
Ready? Great way to investigate, Beams. What are some things that you've come up with? Awesome, Proverbs 16 and 18. That's an excellent example. What else? Proverbs 11 and two. That's great as well. Would anyone care to read one out loud? Fantastic. Thank you for helping us out today. Pride leads to disgrace, but with humility comes wisdom. Wonderful reading. Thank you so much for your help. Everyone give our volunteer a round of applause. That was excellent reading. And those two verses describes the negative consequences that follows along with pride. And there are some others. So I encourage you to do this on your own and search out some more verses on your own, okay? Now, as we read in 2 Kings chapter 1, King Ahaziah's pride caused a fall that was greater than falling through the latticework. You see, King Ahaziah's literal fall prompted him to seek help. And there's nothing wrong with that, right? Exactly. God loves when we seek him for anything, including help. The problem was with whom King Ahaziah was seeking help from. He sought answers from a false god, an idol. This disturbed God so much so that he, God, sent an angel to Elijah to give the king a deadly message. Remember beams, when we seek another source other than God for answers, that source is not a godly source. All right? After all, he makes it very clear in the Bible that he, God, is indeed a jealous God, okay? I want you to think about that. Would you like for your creation to seek everyone's help but yours. And maybe, just maybe, only come to you when all of their efforts fail and family and friends desert them. No, you were absolutely right. That would hurt your feelings, that would hurt, right? So that's how God feels when we seek another source other than God for answers. Now, am I talking about going to your parents and asking them for help? or your brother or sister, or a trusted friend, absolutely not, a teacher, or police officers when we need them, or firefighters, right? No, I'm not talking about that. Things like tarot cards, horoscopes, yes, horoscopes, and psychic readings, and Ouija boards, and mirror games, all those things that we think are ha 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 fun, no. Those are all seeking another source, just like King Ahaziah. And we don't want to reap a deadly message because we are playing with those things like they're not games. They're like they are games and they are not, right? Essentially what's happening is you are seeking demonic forces and playing around, but they don't play, all right? They don't play around and neither does God, all right? If you want 
to know more about those things, I urge you little beams and junior beams to, you know, go ahead and seek the help of the Holy Spirit first. And say, Holy Spirit, reveal more of this to me. And reach out to your parents and trusted people that you know can give you a very good answer to some of these things, okay? We just don't have enough time to go over that today. So let's move along, okay? Essentially what I'm saying is God really loves us to come to him for help and not seek any other sources, okay? He wants us to seek him first in all things, right? And then after we do that, he wants our trust that he has it all under control, right? That he knows what he's doing for you, that his plans for you are good for you and never to harm you. You Bible investigate that verse, okay? But let's do some Bible investigation, excuse me, investigation together here on just how much our daddy God wants us to seek and ask him, okay? All right, here's a clue. I want you to find that verse where God tells us to seek, to ask, to knock, right? That's a clue right there. And here's another clue. It's in the first book of the New Testament. Again, use your concordance beams. Great way to investigate. Matthew chapter seven, verses seven through eight. Now, let's read this one together, okay? You ready? Keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. Everyone who seeks finds. And to everyone who knocks, the door will be open. Excellent reading beams. I love the word of God. I get so excited when I hear it. And I know you do too, okay? Now, this solidifies that God loves when we seek, when we knock, when he asks, when we ask. He loves us so much. And he wants to really hear from us, okay? Remember, the people of Israel are God's special people. King Ahaziah. He is not a stranger to who God is. And unfortunately, they let the surrounding people, the surrounding nations, influence them and turn them to bad things like idols. So King Ahaziah was well aware of who God is, who God was, you know, but is. And he, like so many others, chose to dishonor him. And doing so, he paid the price for turning to evil sources. It didn't stop there. His prideful moment caused 100 others to die as well. Let's move along to our next point, okay? All right, and this is called touch not, harm not. Don't kill the messenger, okay? In King Ahaziah's pride, he sought to harm God's special person, right? Elijah. And instead of humbling himself before God and asking for mercy, he chose instead 
to continue in his rebellious pride, sending soldiers to capture Elijah. However, it didn't go quite as Ahaziah planned, right? Y'all ready to do some more Bible investigation? Great! Again, use those Bible resources and tools and find the Bible verse associated or connected to this, this segment's title to touch not and to harm not, okay? Now, here's a clue. It can be found in the book of the Bible that King David is connected to writing, okay? Again, we work as a community, as God originally designed for us. We're not independent. I can do it all by myself. We need each other. So help each other out. Parents, help out your beams as well, right? Let's go. Wonderful Bible investigation beams. That verse can be found in Psalms chapter 105, verse 15. Now, let's read it together. One, two, three. Don't or do not, excuse me, touch my chosen people. And do not hurt my Prophets, brilliant reading beams. God makes it clear that he does not take it lightly when people seek to do evil to his children. That can come in many forms, little beams and junior beams. Things like gossip, yes, gossip, slander, false accusations, so telling lies on people, uh, rejection. Stealing, cheating, bullying, jealousy, envy, and even just having evil intentions, like wishing someone harm, right? In your heart or in your mind. All of those things are all attempts to harm God's chosen people. Let's look at another example, okay? There is this new smartwatch that you see on TV and you really, really, really want it. So you go to your parents, of course, right? And you ask for one. However, they tell you that you will have to work for it and earn it, right? You agree to those terms <laughs> and you work with your parents. Together, you guys plan and strategize and then you implement a plan that's gonna help you earn that watch. And you're happy about it, right? You're happy about it. Then you go to school the next day. And to your astonishment, another girl in your class has the watch that you are working for. And in her excitement, she is showing everyone. She shows you her new watch, again, excited and genuinely happy. You ask her how long she had to work for it. And she tells you, hey, that she just asked and her parents bought it for her the next day. And now instead of being happy for her, 
You're burning with envy, yes. And you have thoughts like, how come she doesn't have to work for it and I do? Or she's just rich and spoiled. Or how about, instead of offering a sincere compliment, then you decide, well, I'm gonna call that watch ugly. (laughs) Yes, even wishing someone harm in your heart is harming God's people once again. And the Bible reminds us in Luke chapter 6, verse 45, a good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart and an evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. What you say from what what you say, excuse me, flows from what is in your heart, right? And it comes out of your mouth. So in other words, what is in your heart, whether it's good or bad, will eventually come out of your mouth, right? Now, in King Ahaziah's instance, it seems as if he would have learned from the mistakes of his wicked mother Jezebel and his evil father Ahab the price that one pays for messing with God's anointed. Let's continue to Bible investigate. I want you to find a story or time within 1 Kings where God protected his servant or servants. Okay? Find a story within 1 Kings where God protected his servant or servants. Doesn't matter which one it is. Great way to investigate. He, God, protected Elijah by hiding him, right? He prompted one of his servants to hide his prophets in a cave as well. He sent his angel armies to fight for Elijah and his servant. Splendid answers, Beams. So you see, Ahaziah had plenty of examples of what happens when evil people come against God's people, so he has no excuse. He also had an an upfront view of God and his awesome power, right? And again, no excuse to not seek God for his everything, including his fall. All right, guess what? We are going to move along to point number three. And guess what we're going to do? That's right. It's game time. Like my son likes to say, it's game time, boy. It's game time, right? So in this game, I'm going to read a Bible verse, right? From our focus chapter, 2 Kings chapter 1. You will have to shout out. I want to hear it loud. Shout it out, right? One of these three phrases, okay? Pride, protected, or humility, okay? Again, these are the instructions. I'm going to read a Bible verse from our focus chapter, which is 2 Kings chapter 1. You have to shout out one of these three phrases. Pride, protected, or humility. Let's begin. So, 
he sent messengers to the temple of Beelzebub, the god of Ekron, to ask whether he would recover. That's right. That's quick. Pride is the answer. Good job. Okay. But the angel of the Lord told Elijah, who was from Tishbe, go and confront the messengers of the king of Samaria and ask them, is there no God in Israel? So Elijah went to deliver the message. Is this pride, protected, or humility? <laughs> okay, okay, I hear protected and I hear humility. So let's take a vote. How many say protected? And how many say humility? Great. Well, you know, I can see where protected falls in there. But I was calling this one humility. And you know why? Elijah humbled himself and obeyed God and did what the angel told him to do, right? Because the angel is representing God, giving him a message from God. Elijah submitted or humbled himself and obeyed. So obedience is connected to humility. Good job, Beams. Okay, let's move on to the next one. Then he sent an army captain with 50 soldiers to arrest him. Oh, you guys were so quick. Pride. Yes, that is pride, right? He thought that he could go arrest the prophet that gave him the message from God. Isn't that ridiculous, right? Okay, let's move along. Man of God, the king has commanded you come down with us. <laughs> pride. Once again, that's pride, right? That's pride. The soldiers, the soldiers had no respect for God as well, right? Right? And they were coming against the man of God and therefore coming against God, right? Because God gave the message. And Elijah just relayed the message out of obedience and humility, right? And they came out of pride. Yeah, they were obeying the king, but they approached Elijah, God's chosen one, in pride. Okay? All right, what about this one? If I am a man of God, let fire come down from heaven and destroy you and your 50 men. You guys are right. <laughs> I know. Okay. Protection. Yes, that's protection. God protected Elijah from these soldiers coming to get him. You know, you don't know what those soldiers would have tried to do to Elijah. Had Elijah just went down with them, you know, they may have brought Elijah back, but they might have beat him or did really um, horrible things to him. You don't know what they would have done to him. So that's God protecting his chosen. Great job, guys. What about this one? Once more, the king sent a third captain with 50 men. You guys are absolutely right. That's pride. And you want to know what? I believe. Yeah, I believe that God gave or Ahaziah had three chances to once again just humble himself. Ask God for forgiveness. You know, repent and ask God 
what God is saying to Elijah. Is there no God in Israel? In other words, come to me. I have the ability to help you, right? And he totally missed his chance. Good guys. All right. Um, let's see. Where are we at? Oh, the captain went up the hill and fell to his knees before Elijah. Great job. That is humility. Is the captain submitting to Elijah or is he submitting to God? Great job. By acting in humility to Elijah, they are ultimately, the captain is ultimately, and he, the captain is acting on behalf of his soldiers, submitting to God. You are right, because Elijah is representing God and acting in authority through the authority that he has through God, right? Okay. All right. Good job. We are almost done. Okay. How about this one? But now please spare my life and the lives of these who are 50 servants. <laughs> you are so right. Like I stated other uh, earlier um, before uh, the captain, again, he's in charge of those 50 men and they obey him. So he's not just saving himself. He's saving the lives of his, you know, of um, his men that he's in charge for, right? So he's being a good leader and protecting um, his soldiers by submitting to God. That's excellent, Beams. Okay. Then the angel of the Lord said to Elijah, go down with him and don't be afraid of him. <laughs> this one's a tricky one. Okay. Well, I call this one, what, what do you think? Give it one more go. Just shout an answer out. It's okay. Great. Yes. Protected. That's absolutely right. The angel's letting Elijah know, hey, you are good to go down with this soldier. As in, this soldier respects God. He knows who you are. He knows who God is. He's not going to lay a hand on you because he knows that God is covering you, right? So the angel is assuring Elijah, you are fine. Go ahead. That's protected. All right, and this is our last one, okay? And Elijah said to the king, this is what the Lord says. Great job. Yes, he remembered. Humility. Yes, obedience, because he's obeying God and doing what he said, is humility. Excellent job, Beans. Great work pointing out those moments of pride, humility, and protection. Again, outstanding job. Okay, well, today we discovered three major factors in 2 Kings chapter 1. Our first point was watch your stepping in this. We learned, right, the consequences that pride can bring, right? And we also learned that our pride or our selfishness can influence others in a negative way, you know, thus them receiving consequences as well, right? And we learn, touch not, harm not. We learn how much God protects his special people. And you, my friends, little beings, junior beings, parents, and all who are listening are very special to God. I want you to know and understand that, okay? Look up or Bible investigate the fact that God, God, yes, your daddy God, our daddy God, sings praises over us. Yes, he does. That's how much he loves you. He sings praises over you. <laughs> Good. All right. And last but not least, we played a game and we pointed out pride, humility, 
and protection. All right, that's so wonderful. Now, remember in our friendship with the Holy Spirit, he may reveal something else to you that I didn't point out. I want you to write that down, pray about it, and investigate it, right? You are not too young to do that. The Holy Spirit can move mightily, not can, but will move mightily in you, all right? Well, that concludes our lesson for today. So you'll have to tune in next time where our story continues. Good news, parents. SLM Kids The Lantern offers several ways to stay connected. You can submit any prayer requests your little beams and junior beams might have to shininglightmen at outlook.com. Again, that's shininglightmen, M-I-N, at outlook.com. You can also stay connected via Facebook at SLM Kids The Lantern. And you can follow us on Instagram at that same handle as well. The Lantern is also available on YouTube at SLM Kids The Lantern. Great news! Your beans can now enjoy The Lantern via podcast. That's right, it's excellent for those commutes to and from school, grocery shopping, whatever errands or activities they may have. We are available on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Audible, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, and more. All right. So thank you guys for tuning in today, Beams. I'll see you all next time. And until then, remember, it only takes a little light to shine bright against the dark.